Hey everyone, this is the Leafs Convo Podcast for Vanguard Northeast Realty in Scarborough, VanguardNE.ca. I'm your host, Norman James, coming to you from London, Ontario, Canada, joined as always by my podcast partner in crime, the one and only, the legend, my best friend in podcasts, Michael Piagello from Buffalo, New York. Michael, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Norman. Uh, well, after watching a all-too-familiar performance from the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, I'm sure that Leafs Nation is not doing too well because, as I said, and we both said on the uh, <clears throat> on the combo yesterday, this was a game, mm-hmm. a clutch game, a game where they could seize control and put a stranglehold on the Boston Bruins. And they came up very, very short and very, very bad. 6-4, the Game 4 final in favor of those dastardly Boston Bruins. The series all tied up at two, heading back to Boston for Game 5 on Friday. So here's the thing, Michael. What was it about Game 4 that the Leafs were not able to produce and emulate from Game 3? What was the difference? Weren't the stakes the same? The stakes were the same, but the play was not the same. I mean, I looked at game three and you had a team that played, that bought in defensively, that played two way, that used their speed to get on the Bruins. Uh, They were the ones who dictated the pace of play and the type of play last night. Uh, it, you know, right off the face off, I was, I mean, it's, it's tough to interpret one little thing and say that's a symbol of what's going to happen. But when Zdeno Chara body slams Mitch Marner on the opening faceoff, I, I just got this feeling like, uh-oh, the Bruins are here. The real Bruins are here. And the Leafs put in an energetic effort. They tried. They, you know, they were, but, but in terms of mm-hmm. process, in terms of what they did, giveaways, stupid yeah. errors, lack of effort in some points in some players mm-hmm. it, you know it, it just fed in and the Bruins got the lead the Leafs expended all their energy to tie the game and then the Bruins got it back what in in, in how in like a couple minutes with the pat two Pasternak goals I mean it was a very spotty effort they did put a lot of energy but it was going in all directions we talk about sports psychology or at least I brought it up on yesterday's podcast this team played with so much confidence in parts of the series and then yesterday it, there was an insecurity that was prevailing pucks fanned on shots not taken with full authority number 51 uh, can't help but to shoot the puck into the defender's legs a lot of this stuff is just instinctual but it's very frustrating Travis Dermott the same thing here's another thing that I can't stand and uh, people who've listened to the podcast know this when you have the puck Put the effing thing on net. William Nylander with great opportunities. Oh, I've got to go top corner. You missed the net. What's, what are the odds you hit the top corner? Jake Muzzin, the big, everybody wants to bomb it. You're in the playoffs, guys. Do whatever you possibly can. Oh, it's funny. The Leafs goals last night, a few of them, because this is the only way they were scoring, were those thread it through, uh, ping pong, somebody makes a deflection, you score. That's how you have to get your offense in the playoffs. But it just seemed to me that there was an insecurity in their game that wasn't there in game three. Buckle up because we're going to see this schizophrenic type of team throughout the final three games. I just don't think they're going to be able to assert any sort of dominance, psychological weight over the Bruins who are made for these sort of circumstances. Well, I mean, the dominance will be fleeting. It's like they, they, you know, they had the advantage in game three and then game four. You know, everybody talked about the, the big line of Pasternak, Marchand, and, and Bergeron being shut out, and then they equal their series 
output with six points last night. Although yeah. I don't know if they got got any points on the on the empty netter. But you know, to your point about yeah, getting right. the puck to the net, to your point about getting the puck to the net, uh, Chara's game winning goal was simply getting the puck to the net. You know, you score goals like that in the playoffs when there's a lot of traffic mm-hmm. in front of the goaltender. Um, I mean, I took a picture. I took a picture of the, and, and this is when the Leafs were down two nothing, and they were down two nothing, but they were dominating play and they couldn't get a goal, and then they got that goal late in the first, um, where William Nylander has a shot set up perfectly by Morgan Riley. He's got the entire short side wide open and he puts it into Tuka Rask's pad. You know, that, that that was sort of symbolic of what happened last night. They had lots of chances. Now they scored four goals. They did come back from two nothing. They did come back to make it uh five four and make it exciting. But those that, that that's almost wasted effort when at the other end of the ice you're incompetent defensively and you cannot, you know, cover and and, and you know that was easily Freddie Anderson's worst game of the series. I mentioned this to start the series, the Boston Bruins are going to have to blow a tire. You don't want your goaltender to have a bad game, but he had his last night, his worst game of the series. The rest of the team has to pick up the slack. And I'll tell you, even though it was 6-4, Mike, a lot of those Leafs goals were credit to Tuka Rask not making a big stop. Rask out-goaltended Anderson in Game 4. That was the first time in the series that that happened. Um, but you know, you can't say that Anderson is at fault for the no. loss because of the, because of the defense in front of him. Um, and to your point, the, like the Matthews goal that tied a two, two that went right through, uh, Rask's arm and his, and his, and his uniform. So it, even though he did win the goaltending battle, he was beatable. He did give up four goals. Sure. The difference in this game, but between this game and game three was the Leafs ability to shut down past the pastor neck. Bergeron line and you know I mean oh just their overall defensive concept I mean I I think you know you looked at and there were all these articles and plaudits about Jake Muzzin and Nikita Zaitsev after game three and after game one well Muzzin was minus three last night Mm -hmm. so you know it's it's sort of topsy-turvy and you know I think that's particularly annoying to to fans uh, of both sides it's like you want consistency of effort you want um, you know, if, if your team is good in game one, they should be good in game two. I don't know what to attest that to, but you could tell from the comments of Mike Babcock after the game, you know, he said his team played with energy, but his team was undisciplined and made stupid errors. And it's got to be particularly frustrating to the head coaches. There's potentially two games left in the series. Mike Babcock reminded everyone what it's going to take to win and beat the Boston Bruins. Will over skill. 42 shots is great, but you've got to make them count. And the Leafs probably could have had 52 shots in game four had they actually hit the net on many of their attempts. Michael, will over skill. Now is the time to find a way to win games. The tentative stuff has to be gone. The confidence, the assertiveness, the aggression, the belief in oneself that you can get the job done and succeed has to kick in right now, especially in Boston. It has to be there. If it's not there, the Leafs will lose this series and they'll look back on another year where the talent was there. The stats proved or showed that this team was capable of so many things, but psychologically this team just wasn't ready. Austin Matthews had a great game, you know, two goals. He looked pretty good, but 
is the story going to be Austin Matthews came alive in the playoffs, but the Leafs still lost in six. They still lost in seven for a third opportunity in a row. The Leafs dropped a playoff series in the first round of the Boston Bruins, but Austin Matthews was okay. I'm sorry, that's not going to cut it. I look at this through four games, and you know, right now the top two lines have pretty much negated each other on both sides. True. I mean, you know, Bergeron, Martian, Pasternak have had a have had. A great game in game four you know we've seen Tavares and Marner and Hyman dominate at times you know now Matthews has gotten off the schneid Krejci has has uh contributed that line to Brusque but the turning point is what these teams get out of the bottom six out of the out of the third and fourth lines I think the Leafs actually have won the fourth line battle the insertion of Innes on that fourth line with Trevor Moore, they played with speed. And, you know, when a five foot nine guy is attacking a six foot nine Chara, I mean, that, that has to, you know, infuse your team with confidence. The problem is, is that they're losing the third line battle by leaps and bounds. Charlie Coyle, Bacchus, uh, against yeah. the Nylander, Brown, Marlowe line. Yeah, I have all the respect in the world for Patrick Marlowe, but he uh, he has slipped since the uh, since the All-Star break. He's barely contributing out there i mean he's trying he's a proud guy and a and proud and a probably a hall of famer but i think he's coming to the end mm-hmm. of it and neilander i'm sorry you know he, he i i can't avoid not criticizing the guy because he gives you so many opportunities to do it and it, you know even the crowd is on him in the in i think it was in the second period he comes into the offensive zone curls at the face-off circle and gives up the puck and there was a noticeable boo yeah. by the scotia bank crowd you know they need this guy to step up and he is not stepping up this is the leafs combo podcast for vanguard northeast realty in scarborough vanguard ne.ca that third line it really is like a cast of characters uh, a motley crew you have connor brown who's been left to his own devices this entire season he has been the odd man out this entire season you have patrick marlowe who needs to retire it's time for him. I mean, how many more damn games are you going to play? How many more goals are you going to score? It's, it's, it's all good, Patrick. I know you didn't win your championship, but unless you do it this year, I'm not sure, you're not going to do it because the Leafs need to bring in some younger blood into that uh, Patrick Marlowe role, and whoever Patrick Marlowe is mentoring needs to become the mentor. And then you have William Nylander, who is riding out a wasted season, totally wasted, all his fault it's all his father's fault it's not the maple leaf's fault it's all his fault he can totally rebound and become whatever he the statistical dream that all of the data heads think he's going to be on another team it's just not going to happen with the maple leaf he's out there to help the team but he's also out there to do things personally this guy's still trying to um, make up for lost time so you have this motley crew of a third line that really is a vortex uh, on a team that has to be a tight-knit unit. I have time for Connor Brown, but the thing is that his versatility and uh, Mike Babcock's dependency on him, I think, have not done him any favors because this year he's played on the second line, he's played on the third line, he's played on the fourth line, he's played left wing, he's played right wing. That doesn't exactly promote consistency. You're always being yo-yoed in exactly. and out of different situations. And, you know, I mean, I so I like – Everybody says, well, you can't pay a, a fourth line or $2.1 million. Well, I don't think you should be on the fourth line, but I think this combination uh, right now with a guy who the coach tr- definitely does not trust defensively up the middle and is playing tentative still after being in the lineup since December 4th, 
I mean, and, and, and a player, a great, a former great player who seems to be on his last legs, you know, that doesn't provide uh, what I consider, uh, you know, a great third line. What, you know, what Babcock might do is he might move up either Innes or more to the third line to provide some speed, but that'll be at the cost of the fourth line, which I think is still vulnerable because Freddie Gauthier has, you know, when he's matched up one-on-one against like Noel Chari on the fourth line, he gets beaten on most instances. So, I mean, this is not a complete team with their, you know, know that they're going to there are going to be steps over the the next few years to improve the depth whether internally or externally the here and the now of this series is you know they got punched in the nose in game two they responded they got punched in the nose again in game four the Bruins stepped up their physicality now they go back to Boston Boston has the home ice advantage they need to put in an effort like in game one in game five otherwise the series is probably going seven and TD Garden seven games Good news for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Sometimes you just have to go back in there and get it done. Face your demons and overcome them. If that's what it takes in Game 7, so be it. We'll find out if that's indeed the case. The Leafs can still try to wrap this thing up in Game 6. My concern is that Boston is going to play with reckless abandon in Game 5. And typically, those guys can toe the line and even cross it and not suffer the consequences. The Maple Leafs, as the responder to the aggressor a lot of times are the ones to pay the the price for the rising temperature on the ice and that's my concern for game five but you can't count them out yet mike you have to also forecast or, or hope that something in the bruins game will come undone and the maple leafs can find that hole and punch their way through it just the last few things what do the Maple Leafs keep from last night's game and take forward with them into game five? Real quick. Well, what they keep from game four is if you don't limit the Bergeron line, you will lose. They limited them in, the, in their wins, and last night they were destroyed by them. They cannot let them run amok, which they did last night with six points, and have a, think that they have a chance to win. So the, the, the message that you carry into games five, six, and seven is if you don't shut them down, you will lose. Patrice Bergeron, 73% on the draw last night. I mean, the guy is, he's just an unbelievable hockey player. You don't hear about him much, but he does things that are on par with the great ones in the game. And that's what I like. The humility, the humbleness, the commitment to a team game a defensive game and the guy he's just what a delicious player unbelievable what do the Leafs need to remove from what we saw in game four and never see it again because it will not benefit them in game five the panic in their own zone I think that they were you know at times just disorganized um you know the, the Bruins put pressure on them with their four check and they have not react well to that in this series. And, you know, that was predictable because we saw during the regular season that their defense was wanting. Now, when they won, they were able to, you know, with their speed, keep the Bruins four checkers out of coming deep into the Toronto zone and getting on their defense. But last night, that was not the case. And it's that pattern is going to be repeated by the Bruins. They know that they can pressure the Leafs. Now the Leafs defense has to be able to compensate and, and turn it the other way. And if they can't do it, again, they will lose the series. And what tool do the Leafs need to 
unpack from the chest and finally unveil because they're in a position where they need to? What do they need to add to their game to help them come back to Toronto and put a bow on the series in game six? Well, I don't think there's anything that they haven't revealed yet that they will open up in, in your question here. I think what they need to find is Freddie Anderson and his game from games one through three. If they get another sort of average effort in Boston from Anderson, it's going to be tough for them to get a victory. Do you think there's any scenario where the Bruins come out tentative and insecure and afraid in game five, Mike? There should be no reason that either team is tentative because this game is so key, but you know, game four was key. And I thought that there was a sluggishness on the part of the Leafs, you know, similar to the regular season where, you know, they give up the first one or two goals and then they sort of wake up and start playing. You know, you cannot do that in the playoffs. You cannot, you know, start the game in a slumber and then wake up in the middle of the first period and say, oh, let's start. You have to, from the drop of the puck, you need to be going. Mm -hmm. And they weren't going to start the game yesterday. They did get going. And it was a competitive game, but you know that 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 has to be thrown out the window in games five, six, and seven. We were on Patrick Barlow for showing his age, and like that's his fault. That's what it is. But he was the best on the draw last night, sixty-three percent. The Leafs were terrible on the dot last night, and that certainly has to change because if you can't start with the puck, you're at a disadvantage. And the Maple Leafs seem to be at a disadvantage all night in game four, and even those two late goals coming back uh, to, to make it interesting, is that not just so familiar and um, indicative of what the regular season was about? You know, falling behind, trying to claw your way back in the early part of the season. They well, were able to overcome and usually come back and win, but those, those opportunities started to slip. You have two, two losses now. You lose two and you're done. So we, we, can't, we can't hope that uh, over time the trend will tick up. No, will over skill. Last point to you. In a way, the two goals that made it 5-4 covered up for a, a greater defeat. You know, they, they were in this game. They pulled their goaltender. They had a chance to tie the game. But you have to look at from, from the perspective of, you know, the educated hockey observer. They fell behind 2 nothing. They fell behind 4-2. They fell behind 5-2. And they rallied twice. But they need consistency of effort to be able to win and we'll see if they can do that in game five. OGs, converts, people new to the podcast, let us know inside the YouTube comment section how you're feeling about game four. Do you still feel pretty confident about what's to come in game five? This is a one big therapy session for all of us. Even Boston Bruins fans, there are some really good ones out there who want to converse with us. Tell us how you're feeling too. All I want to see from this team tomorrow is confidence, belief, and every time they get a damn opportunity to, to score or make something happen offensively, don't miss the net. Michael, I got to go. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Norm. We would like to thank Vanguard Northeast Realty in Scarborough, title sponsor of the Leafs Convo, demonstrating passion for the industry and a superior level of excellence in selling, leasing, and marketing your property. Vanguard Northeast Realty.